Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Twitter. Maybe you're listening later on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's all good. Uh, Now, we should mention this is a little bit of a bummer. Our third, Justin... JT says. Uh, JT says. Uh, we talked about this the last time. He is an understudy at the Met, right? That's right. Like at the yeah. Metropolitan Opera. And this is not a joke. He actually is. And he, we were just talking to him before the show because he found a place to broadcast. And in so the we, basement of in the, the Phantom basement. of the Opera. Exactly. That show closed. And then he moved over to the Metropolitan Opera for mm-hmm. real. So that was very cool. Uh, but then he froze. And we thought it was going to be a funny bit that he was going to be froze the entire show, but then he left. Oh, wait, maybe he's back. Maybe he's back. Here we go. Justin? Oh, that's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can kind of see him in the waiting room. Hey! Uh, Almost is. You're on a little bit of a delay, but welcome. We were just uh, setting up the circumstances of you broadcasting... From the Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, look at you. Thank you. I'm going to go on for you. A be- really beautiful. I hope, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm trying. I'm living it up here. <laughs> well, we're very excited to have you here, Justin. Of course, we're happy to have everybody who is watching online. We have some great guests for you tonight. Why don't we bring in these two guys first to talk about their book, from Ahoy Comics, it is now in Trade Collection, and it is awesome and wild, and I'm excited to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Clarkson and Matt Bores. hello, Woo-hoo-hoo! how are you? Yeah. Hey, what's happening? We're doing great. We're happy to be here. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Which operas are you below? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, uh, Pink Floyd The Wall has been running in the apartment above me for about a month now. Oh, oh there we Beautiful. go. Beautiful. And my uh, young children are upstairs. Uh, oh, uh, the opera I'm of often life. underneath that opera. <laughs> yeah. We got both spectrums here. This is real nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Justice Warriors is great. We were actually talking about it last week. We had yep. another guest uh, from Ahoy Comics on uh, Mark Russell was here oh, last cool. week Wonderful. to yeah. talk about stuff. And he was plugging it as one of his favorite books that was coming out of Ahoy Comics right now. It was recently last month, two months ago now. It's been a little while, but it was collected in Trade Collection. And this book is wild there are like clearly you're doing a lot of very specific satirical things that we can get into but the big thing that i was wondering uh, just off the bat because there are so many different aspects to this world that you're setting up was there a germ it started with was it just like put it all on the table let imagination run wild and see where you go what what was the initial idea here that this uh, sparked into something bigger uh I've been working on Justice Warriors like a world. I've been building the world of it for like In 10 years. Mm. Yeah, it starts as a world. It's mm. it's like a, nice. a world. It's like this little clockwork universe that I've been building for like 10 years now. Wow. And I originally wanted to pitch it as an animated series because mm. uh, I come from animation. Mm. And yeah. I approached Matt because uh, I was I was sick and tired of pitching it to executives. And I was like, I'm just going to make it myself. I can I'll self-produce it. What do I need to do that? Oh, money. I need money. <laughs> and so I uh, literally just started DMing Matt, and I was like, do you know I don't have a lot of money, money? by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, money guy. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. money guy. I'm ideas. He's money. Uh, and he uh, loved it, and he agreed that he would love to write on it uh, if I found some money somewhere. Uh, and from there, uh, we started talking about it as a comic, and then we built it up from there so there's no like one seed 
where it comes from. It's like I've just been collecting little bits of stuff for like a decade. Like one character comes in one year. And it took a surprisingly long amount of time. It used to be called Dome City to turn uh-huh. it into Bubble City. It took like three years. It's embarrassing wow. how long. That took. <laughs> well, speaking of that, the architecture is great. I love the buildings you guys have. This is a super creative book. That's one of the first things that uh, jumped out at me, like how creative and interesting it looks. Uh, you said you worked on it for 10 years, but was there any inspiration you were pulling from or, or anything that you were trying to make it like? Uh, I had heard, I'd never read Judge Dredd, but I'd heard, I'd seen the Stallone movie and I was like, that sounds like a really yeah. good idea for a comic. Uh, and I really love <laughs> Robocop. Uh, it I'm is a one. Huge Robocop. <laughs> It's it's very similar to RoboCop. I'm always, I watched it recently, and I was amazed that we were able to reverse engineer uh, RoboCop pretty well. <laughs> like you saw uh, the poster of RoboCop, and then yeah. worked backwards from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul <laughs> Bear, uh, who I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Matt, when Ben came to you with this idea, uh, obviously you edited your own ideas and fleshed it out and went back and forth. Uh, what was that process like? What did you? first throw back into the project if you remember oh boy that's a good question so you know i kind of, i came from the world of political cartooning and i was mm. sort of looking to mm. get out of it uh around the time that ben contacted me i had done almost 20 years of weekly political cartoons and had felt like i had done and said everything i could possibly say uh in that format and i'd always had a love for genre comics and particularly uh over the top um violent sci-fi stuff so when ben came to me with this i was like oh this is you know right up my alley this is the type of stuff yeah, I'm be doing. so we hit it off uh pretty quick and we just you know started we started throwing ideas around before um before we were even going to do it as a comic um ben did create all of the main characters and the city before before um, so like the prince and shit and the two cop, the two cops, swamp and uh, swamp and shit. Uh, you know, God, I'm trying to remember what the first thing is. I know that you know. I, I think it it goes to uh, we worked on this uh, the eight page introductory set the the cold open kind of where there's this police stakeout of these uh, mutants that have starfish parasites that are controlling them and they're doing a raid on a. Uh, on a grocery store to steal the um, baby formula. And I know that came from, you know, me and Ben talking, because at the time I had a newborn. It was early pandemic. Uh, We were all in lockdown and my kid had like a protein allergy. So we had to get uh, baby formula. And I don't know if you've ever. uh, Oh, it's expensive. Baby formula. Once you once you have to start buying it, you realize that it's extremely expensive and locked behind the grocery store counters, yep. uh, so that uh, desperate mothers and fathers don't steal it. So I, I mean, that was probably the, <laughs> that was probably the first thing. Uh, wow. So just to set this up, I mean, I know we've been talking about some of the details here, but p- if people don't know it, it takes place in this city called Bubble City, like Ben said, and there's a cop, uh, his partner. I think I could probably say this without spoiling too much, but yeah. his partner oh, yeah. is killed by a self-driving bus pretty early on. He gets uh, partnered up with essentially a poop emoji cop, and they <laughs> uh, try to track down the bus that killed his partner. So there's a lot of different elements going on in terms of the characters. Were there were there rules to the world that you established, like things that you said... Okay, we have a poop emoji head guy, but this thing is going to be too far. This thing won't work in the world that we've the way we've set it up. In the Uz, anything can happen. Mm. <laughs> in yeah, in the uninhabited zone. So there's Bubble City, which is a giant bubble. And then outside, stretching to the horizon, like it's uh, you never see the end of this zone outside of the bubble called the uninhabited zone. And it's just like mega densely populated full of mutants and weird, weird things. And the book, uh, it gets weirder what happens in the Uz as the book goes on. So eventually, like, there's just, like, tongue people. There's uh, every single cartoon character you could ever imagine. Everything is in the Uz because the Uz is all, like, 
potential. It's all of the things that can happen. And it, it's one of the themes of the book is that um, it's not just about policing. It's also about like normal stuff, like normal high society versus weird. It's about uh, right and wrong. It's about justice. It's about how we talk about things. Um, and so the us really is like completely unrestrained. Anything can happen in there. The bubble, I don't know. Very norm. <laughs> yeah, I think there were no rules as far as the mutants and, and everything. We wanted things to be, you know, go further than we had seen other um, things like this in the genre go. Like, for instance, you know, you mentioned Judge Dredd. There's also things that like like Alan Moore's Top Ten and Transmetropolitan that take place in these you know, mega cities with super weird uh, people and cyberpunk and uh, people with dog heads. And we, so we wanted, uh, there was nowhere to go except further. You know, mm. we didn't want to be more tame than all of those books. Um, but we start, you know, there was different, we did start talking about the, the rules of the world building um, pretty early, you know, like do how porous is the bubble? Uh, can mutants go in, you know, I mean, it's erected to keep them out. Um, but the cops go in and out, uh, and mostly mutants are cops, which is, uh, it's not, I don't think it's stated in the book, but it's, we, we view it as probably, you know, the best job, uh, the best job that there is for a mutant in this world. I, another aspect. Uh, I have a question if I'm book, coming you, through it all, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Going what now. was it like jumping from political, political cartooning into comics? Is there a pipeline there that feels like sort of tricky? <laughs> And was how did your work change? Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, it didn't feel like uh, that hard because I I've been training for this job my whole life. All right, <laughs> I mean, I have done I've done a lot of different stuff in comics. Like I I've illustrated a graphic novel that someone else wrote back in the day called War Is Boring. That was a, me a memoir of a huh. war correspondent. I've done some nonfiction comics, and I when I was younger, I did short fiction stuff that you know wasn't really published anywhere so uh, you know it didn't feel like it was so out of the uh, out of my range or whatever it actually it felt more like something that i had been you know planning to get to since i was a child and then i, I mean i did comics for my whole career my whole adult life but to do actual comic books um took me 20 years longer than I maybe thought it was thought it would oh, wow. because I just started doing political cartoons when I was 19 in college. And then I just, I had success and I kept doing them. And then after a while I was like, I should get back to, uh, you know, the original plan before it gets too late in my life. Get back to the dream. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you about the satirical aspects. You touched on this a little bit. Would you say that this book is, anti-cop or anti-cop comics or <laughs> or neither or both i guess yeah i wouldn't say we're anti-cop comics because this is a cop comic so we mm -hmm. can't we're, we're, <laughs> I, I don't want to be anti-cop comics it's a trick question um, right there yeah i mean i think it's it, I, I would say that it's not pro-cop mm. i think that's mm -hmm. pretty abundantly clear but you know we didn't want to in a political cartoon you can be anti-cop you don't have to you, you don't want to be misunderstood in a political cartoon. And the whole point of doing one is to make a point. Um, I think in this it's highly political. Uh, we have a lot of opinions uh, that we put into it, but we also wanted it to be like, um, you know, accessible and not totally beating people over the head with a message. I mean, there's there's obvious messages in it and the police are not portrayed in a positive light, but. Yeah, we didn't want to j just have the only message be anti-cop because the the protagonists that come in with the criticism of the bubble and the system are not exactly uh, great people either. So they're not. It's not just like the. It's not just like the good social movement comes in and has a critique of the cop, and then we run with that. It's a. It's a. It gets a little more complicated. Yeah, I think it's a, how I approach thinking about it is that it's more realistic about what the police do and what the police are for. Mm. So uh, one thing that I, I'm like obsessed with true crime right now. Uh, so <laughs> it's very hard after seeing, like do being brain broken from 
true crime to be completely anti-cop because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want these people on the streets. My God. <laughs> but uh, there is, there's a lot of like copaganda out there that tells a very uh, rosy picture of, of the cops. And even if they do say, oh, the police are corrupt, there's a good cop that beats up the bad cop. But what if they're all bad cops? And uh, that's them working as they're supposed to work. So do you have a take then on how you balance the comedy aspects and the political aspects? Is there is there a ratio in your mind in terms of what you hit, need to hit? Or is it more about where the story takes you, leaning into the joke in some places, leaning into the message in others? That's a good question. Uh, there's... I don't think we think about it that much because we, mm-hmm. we, what we try to do is we try to find a story where all the targets we were trying to hit fit in to it and then follow the story a little bit. Because if it doesn't have an interesting story, who cares? Then it's like <laughs> uh, two jokes. Why are you going to read 170 pages, 100 right. quality, 170 quality pages? These are, <laughs> nice. these are beautiful pages. Uh, it's a high value book good value uh you're not going to go through the whole book if there's not a good story so story comes first characters are really important um but that's what was important for me over that 10 years of building a world where the satire sort of happens by itself because the world is the satire uh because it it, it's sort of every problem that people sort of talk about on the news and stuff cranked to 11 so that the characters have room to just uh be in a michael bay movie Hmm. uh matt i was curious to ask you i mean this pivots off this discussion a little bit but you you obviously pretty famously created the mr gotcha character uh which was on the nib and other characters i'm sure this comes off all the time but i'm curious for our audience as well that's something that has been through the process of the internet, through the process of beautification, almost abstracted often beyond your original intent. Uh, I was curious to get your take on that, how, how that affects you as a creator, as an artist, what your thoughts are. Well, you know, I've never had to think about a drawing I made as much as, as much as this one. Um, it was just a four panel comic. I was doing, Mm. I used to do three a week and then I went down to two and then one. I think I was doing two or maybe one by the time this came out. It was 2016. And, you know, it was just uh, rebutting, this, <laughs> rebutting this internet argument that is still popular, which is just sort of like, you know, critiquing something while participating in society, you know, saying, well, we should have more efficient vehicles or uh, iPhone factories should uh, have better conditions. That was the original argument. It's like, well, you use an iPhone or you use a car or you exist in society. I mean, it didn't get popular right away. <clears throat> I don't remember exactly the path it took, but it, it, it built slowly over a while. And then by you know 2018 or something, I was like, oh, this has reached the ceiling. And then just kept going. You know, people still use it all the time. So it's you know it's fine i guess i uh there were there were periods in my in my life where i thought it was a little annoying because it's just like people would constantly be tagging me online with it and you know then people were using it wrong and then other people got mad and they're like you're using the stupid matt Boris cartoon and all this uh so people, people fight about it and i just i just uh i try to stay out of it but it is known as the matt it's usually known about mr gotcha but also a lot of people just call it the Matt Boars cartoon, which I which I do like because then I get like the name bump. Yeah. <laughs> credit. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Uh, Who so gets meme credit? Things. Nobody. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah I mean, exactly. Nobody. Like, you know, Casey Green is the did the this is fine dog. Everybody calls it this is fine. Yeah. So I, I'm appreciative of the of the name recognition, I guess. Yeah. If it lets me do more comics uh, that are not that, <laughs> like and people recognize me, then it's all good. I mean, I do want to get back to Justice Warriors in a second, but you're saying that you're trying to get away from political comics. Was <laughs> Mr. Gotcha and the whole explosion around that any part of that, of saying, like, eh, this is a little too much? No, no. I mean, you know, in a nutshell, it was 18 years of doing it, and then the pandemic, the end of the Trump years, having a newborn and a toddler at the time thinking feeling like i had you know i just cycling through trump cartoons and mass shooting cartoons and police uh cartoons and 
you know, I just got artistically burned out on it. Um, and then I should I should add yeah. though, uh, Mr. Gotcha is in Justice Warriors. He is. He, he, oh, I don't want to say what happens, but <laughs> he <laughs> appears. Oh, then draws him, fun. and uh, he's the guy who goes to the um, the, the tarot teller. card reader. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Awesome. Uh, I, this is way off topic. Maybe, maybe actually it isn't way off topic. I think it's kind of on topic, but I was curious to get your guys' take on this, particularly because, Matt, the stuff we've been talking about, and Ben, you've done a lot of animation stuff. Um, and I, right before the show, I saw a bunch of people fighting about this. So, um, again, I, I'm pretty sure I know what your take is going to be, but AI art is something that people are talking about a lot. I think we've been pretty negative about it here on the show. Um, I was curious to get both of your take in terms of what you think about that particular aspect of the industry, if you want to call it that, if you do think there's any positive aspects to it, if it's all negative, what your thoughts were. Ben? Uh, I love AI art. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, It's... It's very funny what it makes sometimes. Last night, my sister was talking about her dog groomer or her uh, her dog went to puppy school. And so I was like, oh, like back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. And so I made Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> as a dog in Mid Journey and sent that to her. And I'm not going to sit down and like sketch that out and figure Wait, out did what it looks like. Did the dog do a triple Lindy? Like what happened? Oh, yeah, it was it was nice. walking around complaining about its wife. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I get no rough spec. <laughs> Throw me a bone over here. <laughs> uh, you know, it's good for some things. I've been using it. I'm doing an animation project right now, and I'm using it for all the backgrounds. Because hmm. uh, why would I paint them if I can just get mid-journey to generate them? Uh-huh. Uh, and then I go in and I edit it, and I do some Photoshop filters, and I make it fit. Uh, it gets rid of a lot of, like, busy work. Uh, I've been asked about this before, and my take on it is it's photography. It's just like photography. Before photography, you wanted a portrait done, you paid a painter to do it. And there were a lot of mid-tier painters uh, working in a photographic style uh, around, and that was their job. And then photography comes along, and it just obliterates that entire market. Um, That's sort of happened. And we don't wring our hands and say, like, oh, photography's not art. Uh, people hated photography when it first came out and they oh, called yeah. it not art and they said it was a useful tool for artists but then eventually it gained wider uh, appreciation and adoption and now it's its own art uh, I'm not a utopian about AI I think it's definitely trained on a bunch of stolen images mm-hmm. um, I don't know what to do about that without having some sort of larger social conversation on who gets to starve and who doesn't get to starve. But we don't want to have that conversation anyways. So I don't know. Over to you, Matt. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm worried about it's what's going to happen with a lot of different stuff. You know, now there's, we got songs coming out. That's that, you know, you can't really, unless you're told, you can't know that they're AI songs. And I, you know, we're not far off from, uh, like BuzzFeed and uh, is experimenting with AI generated clickbait travel articles. I feel like the internet's going to get a lot crappier and it's already pretty oh, bad, wow. but it's going to get filled with, with junk that is, you know, easily generated and, and maybe even, you know, perpetuates itself somehow with bots. And, you know, I don't feel like it threatens my livelihood because I, I defy, I mean, I might regret saying this, but I defy AI to create, create something like Justice Warriors. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of aspects to that. Maybe it can mimic uh, sequential art and story and jokes even. Uh, and it's this stuff has moved fast. But I feel like, I don't feel like my career is that threatened. But like, you know, if you're doing fan art and pinups and, you know, if, I, if you're a guy who likes elf babes, <laughs> and you can just go and get your elf babe done to your specifications now. You know, all the stuff that's kind of like in artist alleys at conventions, like, you know, here's Walking Dead characters, but they're the Simpsons and stuff. Like, I just see, like, that's over. I feel like that's that stuff is done because you can just start making it on your own now. 
Um, it definitely is going to uh, yeah. highly advantage original content creators because anyone who's making derivative works, um, like what's the value add that a machine can't do now? I will say one. I have a I have a, a application. I think it will be genuinely good for if you use it the right way. And people start doing this with photo, like Photoshop, and then sort of like snap tools in, uh, in uh, you know the drawing programs and stuff. I don't know if this is too inside baseball ball for uh, people who watch this or if they're into, uh, uh, you know, how comic books are are drawn. But like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm imagining that pretty soon the the guys who draw Spider Man books are just going to be like, okay, we've got to use like an AI tool to generate the skyline on like the three point perspective and Spider-Man's in front. And you got to draw 100 New York city buildings. Um, you know, guys started using Photoshop for that stuff a long time ago. And then, and they were, they were said to be cheating. So I feel like that stuff is going to happen. Like it's just, you, you can't erect a dam and prevent it from happening. I mean, I, I don't want it to take over art and comics and all that but i i do think it's it's uh it's going to have some uses and we're going to see people start using it and it's a little inevitable unfortunately uh, we do have a question here about this actually from youtube this is from Frederico rosa since ben uses have you ever used ai art to get a base to a drawing like see the perspective or something or similar uh it's i have done this as a joke for a friend uh, i wanted to make some romance novel covers uh for a joke present and uh i made these things and i decided to do a paint over on top of it because like then it had the hands and the hands were like and i was like i can (laughs) i can do a better hand thank you uh so i fixed the hands i like added details i wanted to uh one of the problems with ai is that it's really low res like it still only outputs at like uh, 20, uh, uh, 1024 by 1024, which is not fit for print. Uh, it's fine for the internet. It's fine for memeing, but it you can't really use it. And then for perspective or something like that, I don't know. I'm better than the machine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm right. a better... It can't draw. It can paint. Yeah. It, it, Mid-Journey can paint. It's really good at painting. It cannot draw worth shit. Ben, uh, ben knows five fingers on a hand. <laughs> why can't it do that i haven't actually read about this well, you guys don't need to answer but well, or i don't i don't know <laughs> i i think it's i don't know the exact reason but uh hands are hard mm-hmm. you can always tell there's a lot of artists even very good ones who are just not that great at hands uh i i think that's maybe it it's just mm. hands are actually complex or maybe there's a technical explanation i don't know but they're gonna figure it out soon you know it's it's that hands are really complex and then also that hands appear in a lot of um contorted poses like holding an umbrella is a very different uh pose than holding a glass right i'm i gotta play this to the camera uh and then uh, so those to the machine those look like completely different limbs and so it can't even understand because it doesn't understand anything. It doesn't know anything. It's yeah, that's just the other thing. It's doing it's not digital act- collage. Artificial intelligence is like this, you know, held up as this. Um, I mean, it, it would be this revolutionary discovery. I mean, it would be so. It would be profound. It would change everything. And then, but this is an AI. We're, we're now we've just in the last year or six months we just started calling these programs AI as if AI mm-hmm. has been discovered. It hasn't. They're not no. actual conscious thinking machines. They are doing complex things that was hard to imagine a year ago, but I don't like how we've just uh, just all agreed that it's AI. I was going to say that, Ben, you made a face earlier. I think, Matt, you were talking about writing and writing jokes and stuff, and you made a face about that. Um, so I've, I work as an entertainment journalist. That's my day job. And so like when ChatGPT first popped up, I signed up for it just to play around with it. And same thing as you, like input the stupidest things just to get stuff out. But mildly to torture the people I work with, I started running article ideas through it and then posting them in our Slack chat until people are like, please, I'm legitimately having a panic attack while you're doing this, so please stop. Please but stop playing my everything emotions. that we put in there, it's all kind of the same flavor. Like mm-hmm. it's it's enough for bottom tier 
I was trying to game through it in my head because I was like, obviously, I don't want this to happen because I like writing and I want that to be my job and I want that to continue to be my and other people's jobs. But how would this work? And it's the sort of thing like it's very bottom tier news articles that you could do. And the same thing with stories. I've fed some story ideas into it and they're all the same rhythm, the same thing. Like they don't they don't you can feel they don't have a soul to them because like you're saying, they're predictive text algorithms. They're Mm -hmm. not actually some brain that's creating something there. So maybe somebody will fake it a little better at some point down the road. I think that's entirely possible, but as it is right now, I, I think people have nothing against art. We love art, but like, I think people have a lower bar bar to like, yeah, that looks nice. Versus there was a quote from Joe Russo the, of the Russo brothers yesterday uh, who directed Avengers Endgame and stuff being like, yeah, an AI movie is coming. And his example was like, you know, you can come home and relax and just watch a movie where it's like, hey, I want to watch a rom-com, but it's me and Marilyn Monroe, which was the weirdest example possible. Well, because you... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think uh, that is a. Uh, tips you off as to actually where that technology would mm-hmm. go if it exists. It's not like, oh, I want to come home and I want to watch yeah, John Wick fight uh, the uh-huh. Avatar aliens. It's like, well, I want to watch John Wick fuck the Avatar <laughs> with his gun. Like, if you can, if you allow people to have this power, that's what you're going to get. That's it's a, that's absolutely yeah. where it's going to go. And I mean, I, I, it's going to probably give birth to some incredibly strange. Uh, kinks and uh online videos (laughs) and this is uh not to spoil it too much justice warriors 2 is going to be entirely ai generated right oh yeah i'm taking it easy this time (laughs) (laughs) john wick is in it uh and he fucks a lot of people Um, before I let you guys go though, so Justice Warriors is out now. Like we said, you could buy the whole trade of that pretty much anywhere where comic books and books are sold. But what else should people be looking forward to from the two of you, either together, if you're going to be working together again, anything else coming up, anything you want to plug? It's not officially announced in any way, shape or form, but Justice Warriors is a continuing series. Mm, And so things are moving and being written uh text messages between matt and i are flying um uh maybe a cover drawn chat gpt is uh, desperately (laughs) trying to come up with the plot for the second oh yeah man no we have uh yeah we have years of stories planned for this so just to be clear this is like you know creator owned work that is intended to be a long-running series and we want to get to every aspect of society we're going to do one on elections one on uh sports in this world we're going to go down the line and, and do a ton of stuff oh awesome. that's yeah. great oh then, go ahead ben i'm just making some films on top of that and matt is uh uh always writing cartoons which he will birth upon the world someday <laughs> yeah cool excellent uh well guys thank you so much for coming on a pleasure chatting uh and good luck looking forward to the next justice warriors thanks a lot for having us thanks for having us all right have a good night take care later the last kids on earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series the last comics on earth too many villains jack june quint and dirk face their biggest challenge yet creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kids series and the Last Comics series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Let's bring Justin back. Yes, we can bring him back into the stream now. Hi, Justin. How are you? Hi, I'm back. And it's solid gold now forever. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, uh, you're solid uh, old Johnny. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's Johnny exactly Boy, right. Pony Boy. Uh, put, put me in Pony Boy. That's what yeah, it is, right? Uh, I love the idea that the beginning and end of the future internet is what the Navi are going to fuck <laughs> just over and over again. That's where uh, that's will be the remnant of our society. That's where it's oh, all going. Man. And Joe Russo was like, Yeah, and if you could throw me in there, that would be great. 
It's going to be like hundreds of Avatar in one show. Rooster's like, oh, this is a fun party. (laughs) I can't believe the internet's going to get worse. That's uh, that's insane. Oh, it it is. It's always airing on that side. But Yeah, how are you enjoying Twitter, Pete? Great, (laughs) much better, right? Yeah. Uh, Pete uh, actually subscribes to double Twitter blue. He actually subscribed twice. So that you get mail really that Elon, boost. You mail Elon at eight eight dollars every day on top. Of <laughs> uh, well, you know where the internet isn't getting worse; it is not getting worse for your audience questions. Hey! And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in the chat wherever you're watching, and we will get to them. They can be about absolutely anything, uh, including what's going on with Justin's Wi-Fi and sound. You're on your AirPods now, right? Is that what's going on? That's correct, yes. I'm so sorry. I'll explain later, but it's not worth talking about ever again. (laughs) Oh, well, fun. Uh, Well, let's talk about what we're drinking. So, uh, Stray Bullet designed a little little Aperol spritz for us today, which sounded very delightful. Uh, Involves some champagne or sparkling water. Your typical... Negroni uh, ingredients and a little basil at the bottom, which sounds very nice. Uh, I will admit, I just made myself a Negroni because that's kind of what uh, I wanted, but I wanted in the, the spirit of what we were doing tonight. But it sounded good. I don't have any basil also. Nice. Wow. You can okay. use just normal grass from your lawn, too. I have some mint. I can throw some mint in there. That's the same flavor, right? Yeah, any leaf is good. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm making a version with poison ivy. Oh, oh, nice. oh God! That's Pete, all. you know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> Pete, you got—we uh, haven't talked about this in a while. Uh, tell people about the time you got poison ivy hives down your throat. Uh, yeah, I—I I get. I'm highly allergic to poison ivy. I—I I got it uh, so bad one time that uh, my al- eyes swelled shut and I couldn't see. Oh Jesus! Did you have to just imagine what the Punisher was doing? <laughs> yeah, it was—it uh, was scary. What sucks is my imagination is better than reality, so it was a, a rude awakening when I could see again. Tell you what, underrated <laughs> Punisher technique is just giving the criminals bad poison ivy and taking care of them that way. Yeah, yep. poison it's ivy. It's a long book. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a long game. What are you drinking tonight, Pete? Pacifico. Pacifico. Great beer choice. It's a nice uh, kind of summer beer, even though it's. What not are you summer. drinking? Like a sixteen dollar cup of wine you got in the lobby, Justin? Uh, I wish. Nope. I've got uh, the um, champagne of waters, uh, Canada Dry. Did you <laughs> do you just put vodka high. in there, or what? What are you doing? I'm on the clock right now. I there's a oh. chance I have to go upstairs and stand on stage briefly, and when a bell rings, say a couple words. So. Mm. Uh, We got a request here from Stray Bullet. Retell the story of the time Pete ate too many cookies. I will say my niece. So my niece is doing a, it's not the summer. She's doing a semester in Philadelphia right now. She's working at a, it's not a water treatment plant, but it's basically like the people that take care of the water in Philadelphia. Cool. Water ice. Water um, ice? The water ice people. No, <laughs> she's working at like a firm where they actually deal with the pipes and the sewers. Oh and man, everything. we need, we need that. Philly you needs that. She's yeah. a plumber. She's a plumber. Yeah. That's she's the Super Mario brother. <laughs> yeah. She's, anyway, she's that is beach. that is their office is apparently above Reading Market, and I was like, oh, oh man, oh, oh, oh. there's a great cookie place there, but I have to warn you, and here's why. And then I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cookies I, I are like, too good. Straight yeah. it's like that time Pete ate too many cookies, like it was singular. This happened anytime <laughs> Pete was there or heard about this place. I believe we were mailed cookies, and Pete ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. I did eat all those cookies. Yeah, and you got so sick you couldn't do the show. Yeah, yeah, that's what really backfired, you know? <laughs> Ironic, it was a fan of the show who got you the cookies. Yeah, yeah. Gift oh, of man. the Magi. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got another question here. This is from Scheuchler. If you could have one comic title turned into an opera, what would it be? Oh, wow. I mean, Deflator Mouse from um, The Tick. Oh, nice. I was going to say Schism was very kind of dramatic. You know, the fight between Cyclops and Wolverine. You know, there was some epic kind of like, yeah. That's great. Man. We, for you, Pete, choosing an, a Cyclops-based X-Men comic is insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, any sort of Batman. 
I feel like just the mm-hmm. Batman origin story into I know that's shades of Spider-Man turn off the dark, but uh, Batman has that. It's why the movies are so like brooding and tragic. You could easily just do that. Well, on the same note, talking about Spider-Man, you could probably do a Craven Craven's Last Hunt opera. That would be oh. pretty cool, right? Tragic. Um, well, I mean, I isn't I'm there a Craven's uh, thing coming out, like a Craven's movie or something that just got okay? Cra- you no, know, it's Craven's. Oh man, Crazy California Craisins. It's a spin off. <laughs> oh man, Craisins the Hunter. No, there is. Uh, CinemaCon is happening this week down in Las Vegas, and Sony had the Vegas day. baby, Vegas baby. Uh, Sony had the day yesterday, and they showed off the first trailer for Craven's Last Hunt, which is coming online later this year. They're not putting it up quite yet, and yeah, according to them, according to folks who were there, it was very brutal. Craven, like, bites a guy's nose off and kills some people and blows up a helicopter and stuff. The rhino is in it, but it's like a biological rhino, like a guy actually turns into a rhinoceros man. Uh, somehow maybe scarier and worse than yes. um, the, the previous iteration. Paul Giamatti? Paul Giamatti. In the, One of my in favorite the things that's ever happened in movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tiny so little hilarious. Paul Giamatti head in the rhino suit. <laughs> that, will that photo ever be topped by oh the most embarrassing uh, green oh screen <laughs> CGI photo? Oh, incredible. Uh, and the other thing they mentioned about that movie, just to throw it out there, which always drives me up the wall. It's like a personal pet peeve. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's playing Craven the Hunter, was like, yeah, it's going to be rated R, Vegas. And people were like, woo. And in my head, I was like, it is not rated R until you submit it to the Motion Picture Association. Oh, you're such a nerd, dude. Come on, what bro. What a dork. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, just being, celebrating that, like, we're going to save fuck more than one. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, cool. cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, saying fuck. Um, all right. Well, there we go. Uh, this is a question for Pete from Frederico Rosa. If he saw the theory that Mary Jane's new boyfriend is Mephisto oh, in disguise, God, how that... mad he'll be if true. <laughs> oh, oh, if that turns out to be true. Uh, I'm going to find Jordan D. White and, uh, oh man. Why a, Jordan D. White? He has something to do with it. You can he was Nick the only guy I know who works at Marvel just to kind of yell at somebody who works at the office because the amount of torture that we've been put through for that to be the turn would make me just, uh, why is, Pete, why is Pete in jail? Oh, he yelled, <laughs> at, he yelled at a janitor who came out of the Marvel building. <laughs> so wait, is the theory here that Mephisto's long-range plan was, one, break up their marriage, two, fuck Mary Jane? <laughs> well, I think, and, yeah, and have children. I think maybe it gives new weight to the whisper if when they're walking away, he's like, hey, you want to go out sometime? I'm like, deal. <laughs> deal with you and this Peter guy. Maybe ever dance with the devil in the pale moon. Uh, <laughs> now you're crossing. You can't cross Marvel and DC. You can, cross, on, you can cross Amalgam. That was an Amalgam statement. Yep. This is a real question from Stray Bullet. If you could be a comic character sidekick, who would it be? Oh, great wow. question. Mm. I mean... You'd, I guess we're talking about someone. Uh, you'd have to be a psychic for a hero where you got to train up. You know, it's not like because right. if I was like really had really great aim, I'd be like, well, I sort of have to be Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and just to check, is this we are the comic character sidekick now when we're all very old men? Or is <laughs> <laughs> we're, oh, very younger old? selves are younger yeah. selves. relatively old, relatively yeah. old. Imagine the hero takes on an older sidekick. Yeah, Ball just like it's like hiring an old intern. Uh, that would be great. I would love that. A superhero gets accused of ageism, and he's like, "Well, check out my sidekick, who's yeah, yeah. forty we years old." We got a lot old. of applications, and of course, um, uh, Floyd was the, yeah. had the most here's, experience. Here's old Arrow. I mean, it worked for Robert <laughs> De Niro and the Intern. You know what I mean? There you go. One of my favorite okay. movies. Sure. Uh, yeah, that was definitely not just a trailer. Um, Pete, uh, little little Hulk, I think would be great. Pete. Oh yeah. Are you imagine Pete. little angry me teamed up with the Hulk. Oh, wow. Uh, the the we adventures did, we would have. We discovered something that I can't believe we haven't said on this podcast, but Pete LaRage, like put it in there. That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got to patent that. You got to trademark that or something. Hundred percent. Uh, who would I want to be a sidekick for? I want to be a Robin's Robin. 
you know. Oh, okay. Like, a little egg. like uh, you would be called the egg. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the spring egg, little blue shell. Uh, I mean, here's girl, the thing. Squirrel girl say? might be fun. I could be squirrel yeah, girl that's, sidekick. That's fun. Yeah. And yeah. you could do that at your current age and state. Absolutely. I agree with Stray Bullet though. You would be Cypher sidekick. Uh, yeah, the dictionary. Yes, uh, I'll get I'm, you books. It'll be like no thanks. <laughs> um, I'm currently, um, you know, an understudy here, so I am already sort of a sidekick. Oh I'm wow! Like, actually, so this question's right a little too close to home for you right now. Exactly. It's kind I of making like you angry. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this is from John Dorsey. Gents, what are your favorite visual creators, independent or of partner, independent of partnership? Excuse me, independent of comic run. One penciler, one colorist, one inker. Ooh. I, I got to say up front. And this is definitely a Dexter Vines. <laughs> we are bad with colorists and inkers. I apologize about that. I yeah. feel bad about that. Whenever I put together the writer artist lists for our stack podcast, I'm like, I should include them. I know I should. Include you should. Them, but I don't. You definitely should. I'm doing a lot of work, man. I'm doing you a lot of work no. for these shows. 100%, you are. 100%. Yeah. Don't give him shit. Um, so I feel bad about it. Uh, but like, I've mentioned this before, just in terms of inker, Klaus Janssen. I mean, that's an easy answer, but like Klaus Janssen, particularly, I know you're not asking this, but like him working with John Romita Jr., that's just sort of a classic combo. Same thing, Klaus Janssen and Frank Miller works really nicely together. Um, so my one inker, at the very least, is Klaus Janssen, I'd throw out. And colorist, uh, maybe Matt Wilson. He does good stuff. Not the Matt nice. Wilson we had on the show a couple of weeks back, but the other Matt Wilson. Uh, good. Um, I, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, I'm also Googling at the same time. Uh, mm -hmm. Lee Weeks, I think I've been liking his art as well. Uh, when he's on penciler uh, duties lately. I'll throw out also on colorist, uh, Laura Allred doesn't get the shout outs she should mm -hmm. in the Mike Allred, Laura Allred partnership, but it's just her colors are always like super nice and clean. You know, they're just very, they're very flat and simple, but it works with the artwork and they, they always pop very nicely. Uh, penciler though. Penciler. That, that's the one we could actually talk about without fumbling here. But then it becomes really hard. Like, who is your favorite penciler? Yeah, that's... I mean, Chris, uh, Pete's going to say Chris Bocciolo. Chris is a... Uh, Pete's on silent. Did you mute yourself, Pete? Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, the Bocciolo... <laughs> you were going to say. Gonna yeah, say. yeah, definitely. But also, I mean, when I was younger, it was Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, uh, or kind of like the ones that I was like, oh my God, this is so cool type stuff. Uh, oh, I thought of Wade von Grauberger. Isn't he a, a colorist? I think he was the um, colorist mm -hmm. on Starman back in the day. Oh, well, yeah, that. that's in your sweet spot. Uh, Penciler-wise, man, a lot of them. I, I mean, I'd throw out, like, I love what Martin Morazzo is doing on Ice Cream Man. I think that's fantastic. That's I love everything Riley Rosmo does. And just, oh, like, yeah, the Rosmo, for looking sure. Looking at it. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Gabriel Rodriguez. We love Gabriel. I Rodriguez. mean, gotta shout out Gabe. That's what That's I was gonna say. Is Gabriel uh, Rodriguez. I mean, the thing is, no, it's. Uh, but what's crazy? He's he like, looks like such an innocent, adorable little man. But like he's he's done some dark, fucked up shit, man. I mean, his <laughs> his art really you takes you to some life? places. Yeah. You think in his life he's done? No, I'm saying in his art and the stuff he puts um, out for us to see. Yeah, I gotta shout out Nick Dragota as well. Uh, over on the east of west back in the day and mm -hmm. i forget the name of the book that he i think is writing and drawing that was uh going for a the bit ghost cage or whatever ghost it was. cage yeah yeah i think that's it um and he's cool that's the scariest of all the cages uh let me shout out sarah pacelli uh, oh yeah very Always good, good. Great. All right. Um, I think we got one more here. This is from Stanley. Do you think legacy characters are ever compelling or just retreads? Mm. Great call. Uh, I, I mean, it's. T I think it just depends. It really depends on the writer and sort of the situation. I think when it's a swing, I feel like the Green Lantern universe does a good job. They've almost done too many different Green Lanterns. I feel like there, mm. there are so many like Green Lanterns right now. Uh, where you're like, Wait, yeah, the far one? sector is so original. Of course, and but that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's there's a legacy there, but it's also like a totally new direction. 
I mean, it's easier with that because it's literally like a core. But uh, well, but also like Nightwing, Green Lantern core. Nightwing is a completely separate character from Batman. A completely separate character from the Robins. He's forged his own identity. The book right now and previously, but also like right now, is phenomenal. There's been other great runs. So yeah. it it always it comes down to the story you're telling. If it's a good story, we've mentioned this one billion times on the show, but like there are there's no such thing a as a bad character. One, one billion. billion. Two That's billion. Yeah. No, we just say one billion. I keep yeah. trying. Yeah. The there's no bad characters. It's all about the story that you are going to tell with the character. So um, legacy also can provide really fascinating things in terms of what that does to the character. Like, uh, I was thinking about Blue Beetle a little bit earlier yeah. today with the new title, and that's somebody who definitely started as his own thing, but has tied back to the legacy of the other characters. What does Ted Cord mean to Jaime Reyes and all of these other characters? It's great. It works really nicely. In fact, I feel like a lot of legacy characters actually refresh when so much of comics is like a new team comes on and they literally retread the character. Like, well, I'm going to update Green Arrow and make him a little bit cooler, a little bit different. I'm going to do this. And then it does feel like you're sort of just trying to start the engine and it doesn't always catch, you know? Well, yeah. I'm, that's interesting you say that because I'm looking forward to talking about Green Arrow in the stack with you. Mm, well, look at that. Interesting. Uh, well, there you go. That is your audience question. Thanks, and everybody, for your uh, questions. What? Just thanking people. Oh, for you're support. thanking people. Yeah, it's for really providing nice. questions when we ask for them. You know, it's a nice uh, well, we are going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics or, of course, Long John Silver for some reason. Uh, but yeah, uh, we just need. Uh, do we have a volunteer? We're looking for a first uh, well, here's the thing. guy. Nat was actually supposed to do it, but uh, he didn't show up. Oh, classic. <laughs> wow. classic. That's how he pranks us. For a yeah. while, so if there is much. anybody, yeah. if there is anybody in the comments over on any of the places we're watching who is interested in doing trivia, we'll have to do it comments wise. But uh, just raise your hand. We'll take first hand up guy, and you'll win twenty five dollars to Midtown to Midtown man. Comics. I don't know why I said that so terribly. It's okay, uh, man. Nat knows how to get get our go. Yeah, he sets us up, does. man. He really does. He does classic Nat prank. Hey, I'll be there, and then mm -hmm. he isn't. No, yeah. man. <laughs> I love he, that. He did that to me one time. He was like, yo, let's go to this concert together. And I was like, sweet. So I bought tickets and they never showed. Taylor what Swift concert? on his tour? Mariah Carey. Oh, wow. And here's Nat! Hey! Are you using the free Wi-Fi spot in, uh, in Brooklyn there? What's up? Yeah, buddy. Uh, I'm coming to you guys live from 43rd Street and 4th Avenue in Brooklyn at the fake police station. Where oh. they use for movie shoots. You see this cop car? There's not no cops real. in it. There's no cops in it. You know why? It's not real. Look at that. Wait, are you going to open wow. up that cop corridor? Are you? Yeah, I'm going to joyride this baby. Oh yeah, it, dude, it, it, that it said it said movie TV on it for anybody who's listening. Oh wow, it I, did. I, 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 All right, it's a audience. real cop car. I think it's just the one that goes to movie sets. I think those oh. are cops. All of these down here. This guy choking me? Not a real cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, look at this. We have our own on-site reporter. Just yeah, this is the man news. on the street. I love it. And weather. Yeah. He's got We're going to do weather course. next. It's cloudy uh, with uh, 58 degrees by 10 p.m. It's expected to go down to 54 degrees. Yeah, uh, not, not to interrupt you, just because I know you're around the corner from the library, is it still open? Because if so, when you're doing trivia, you can walk over to my house a couple of blocks, grab two books that I need to return, walk them back to the library and return them, wow. if that's Alex, cool. I'd love to do that, but I am connected to New York City's free Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it away, Pete. All right, great. Also, he's not your personal assistant, you asked. So, okay, uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend, Al Jaffe. R.I.P. Fold in, baby. All right. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go, Nat. Question number one. New villain alert in Scarlet Witch number seven, out in August. What is the name of the new villain? Is it A, Hexfinder, 
B, Magician Creepy, or C, Michael Maestro? Okay, uh, Pete, I think I'm going to have to go with A, Hexfinder. Nice. Well done, sir. Well done. Wow. Let's make sure he's not looking the answer up on that. uh, Yeah, free Wi-Fi. Here we go. Question number two. Dark Horse is bringing two great things together. Oh, wait, real quick. This is a good fact. In 1901, uh, they, uh, New York was the first place to put license plates on cars. That's pretty cool. Sorry, it's just as good as the facts you're doing, though. Peter. Oh, my God. That's my stuff. Okay. Now I start trying to out-trivia you, and you're getting played. You're oh, my God. Here. Okay, Dark Horse bringing two great things together. What are they? Is it A, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Stranger Things? B. Wait, look at the Bay Ridge Nursery in 1948. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yep, that is sure is. Okay, yep. sorry, Pete, continue. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, it's time for culture. Take it away, Pete. B, uh, what about with names? And C, Ishmael Peter Calcius Nelson. Uh-oh. <laughs> what happened there? So, Nat, you want to obviously pick A, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Stranger Things. Yeah, I think it's going to be A, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Stranger Things. You're correct. I'm excited for both both those things together in one comic book. Uh, My mind is blown. Okay, question number three. Jeff Lemire's next cool project has a funny name. Is it A, Fish Flies? B, what about an actual funny name? C, Maria Chatone? Uh, I really wish that it were B, but I'm going to have to go with A. You are correct, sir. Wow. Oh, and that's it for that. And that did his job and he's out. Oh, man. man. New York City Wi-Fi. No thanks, Mayor Eric Adams. All right, Nat, congratulations. You won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. I'm going to kick you out now, but email us and we will get you set up. And there you go. That's our Nat on the Street reporter. Yeah. Nice job, Nat. Uh, now, what was your secret? Uh, well, of course, I was talking about the 2013 short, Bum Future. Ah, short films. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Hey, well, cool. As we all know, new comic books are coming out all week long. What are you guys looking forward to, Pete? Looking forward to Unstoppable Doom Patrol number two, Darth mm. Vader Black and White, and Deep Cuts number one. Mm. Wow. Black, White, Just, and Red. Yeah, Black, Justin, White, Red. What about Sorry. you? Thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to Blue Book number three. By oh, dude. JT4. Uh, really fun. A couple gets uh, abducted by aliens and all the fallout. Really interesting art style. It's a and little too creepy for me. It's too creepy for Pete, and that's what I love about it. And got to give a shout out to, I guess, two others. Um, we got some. It, do uh, you think Jed it's. Jed McKay. Yes. Do you think it's cheating, though, because it's all, you're rooting for a JT and you're a JT? You know what I mean? Yes, but um, I'm rooting for. Would JT stick together? Okay. The next book I'd like to recommend is Justin Timberlake's recent video, <laughs> um, his music video. Uh, no, I want to shout out the Jed McKay books that are coming out tomorrow, um, Mary Jane and Black Cat, number five. And uh, the other one is Doctor Strange, number two, mm-hmm. uh, also from Marvel Comics. Oh, and yeah. local, finally, Local Man, number three by Tim Seeley, one of my favorite new books on the stand. Yeah, Ooh, so many good books. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> always always great to hear about a guy who comes home. A uh, couple of things that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to The Neighbors, number two, is coming out from Boops um, News. The first issue of that was too terrifying. Too so creepy. very excited to check out the second issue. And also speaking of second issues, Clobberin' Time, number two, mm. from Steve Scrochi. Just a absolutely wild, super gross, preying on my fears of the things, rocks coming off. I, I did not like. I did uh, not like. Uh, but if anybody's going to do it, like we said with the first issue, Steve Scrochi is the man to do it. All of those things are going to be reviewed in our Stack podcast that drops Wednesday at 9 a.m., both in the Comic Book Club feed and its own dedicated Stack feed. And, folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Big Clarson and Matt Boers for coming on. Be sure to check out Justice Warriors from Ahoy Comics, as well as In the Collected Trade. Next week on the show, Neil Clyde, our old friend Neil Clyde, is going to be here to talk about his new yeah. X-Men, X-Men novel, The Phoenix Chase. 
And Stephen Frank is going to be here to talk about Palomino. So it should be a fun one. A couple of other podcasts you can check out. Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast running pretty much every week. We've been doing a couple of news updates, and that's been fun. Uh, and Pete's been screaming at me. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, also doing some Marvel news updates there. Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast. That is running every week after the show, and that show is fun. And also I'll mention Candyman, our Sweet yeah. Tooth podcast, coming back this week. Starting Thursday, we're going to have daily episodes. They're going to be rolling out. We're recapping episode of the show and review daily, daily. I can't and, wait to eat some candy. Yes, oh, and reviewing a piece of candy. And he, I can't wait for the last episode because this will be like the greatest candy we've ever tried. So I'm really uh, excited about that because we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't do a weird thing on that. Yeah, because that wouldn't make any sense. It would be anticlimactic. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Thank Later. you, everybody. Take care of yourself out there. Bye.